Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am catching up with fellow audiobook lover, blogger, reviewer, and friend, Felicia Sparks, a.k.a. The Geeky Blogger. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so weird because I feel like I've been out. Like I took 2020 off from everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was weird dipping my toe back into the world this year. So it's, it's nice to be back, but it's weird after taking a year off. I, I've thought about taking time off and then I, I get busy doing stuff. Well, I think I'm in a different position because all of mine is very personal. I don't, nobody, like the only person I make promises to is myself. Like I stepped away from review books. I stepped away from all of that. So me taking time off was certainly easier than anybody else. And, you know, while my stuff is fun, it's not necessarily life or death, you know, like somebody's not depending on it. So (laughs) other than me, so it was easier for me. I cannot even imagine like, cause I think almost all bloggers and I, I say bloggers in a very, and we'll get into this later, but I say bloggers in a very generic term that expands over many things now, including podcasts. Right. Yep. I think a lot of people have their toes in a good way, dipped in a lot of areas. And I think that's excellent for the audiobook world. I'm just lucky that I kind of kept my toe dipped in one area. (laughs) (laughs) So when I took time off, I was able to dip my toe out of that one area. Unlike most people, he would have to dip, undip like a full foot (laughs) out of, if that makes any sense. It's not just one toe. It's like all five toes and maybe two or three off the next foot. So yeah, it's a weird analogy. I know. (laughs) (laughs) One of the many things I love and adore about you and why we've been (laughs) friends for so many years. I mean, it's been years and you've been on the audiobook of series a few times where we've been catching up on things, including our favorites, uh, audiobooks and narrators of that year that we've done in review. We've also done a panel at the RT Book Lovers Convention, along with author and narrator Karen White, aka Karen Gray. Yep. When we used to go outside <laughs> to do yeah. things. <laughs> we used to do things. There evidently was a big book signing here in DFW this weekend, Holiday with the Bells. And oh. I heard about it after, and I'm like, oh, is that stuff back? Yeah. I know there's, I, I saw something too. I'm like, wait, there was one there. And I didn't, I saw it afterwards with photos and stuff, you know, like proof of purchase kind of a thing. Um, but I know there's a couple of things that are coming out now in November and I'm like, yeah, I, I, let me know how it all works out for you guys. I mean, yeah. because I mean, you I, and I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad for people who want to venture out, right. They, they absolutely should as, And I, I'm just going to say as long as you're vaccinated and then, but for me, it's like, I'm not ready yet. And I say that, and I have to go to Mexico the first week in November for a family reunion. So that's going to be weird for me. I've not been on a plane since 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I mean, 
I was going to say that like for, for you and I who have gone to these really big book conventions, we understand what book crud looks like afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I just drank wrong. Yeah. It, 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 it's really a real thing afterwards. Basically you get sick after going to a convention because you're out of your elements. You're, you're exhausted for four or five days of nonstop go, 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 go. And if you and I ever did it, if we did panels, then we add nerves of frights of like being on stage and stuff like that to it. Right. Um, Plus extra hours of prep and yep. just, you know, the night before the panel, you're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I ne- I never get sleep at a convention. The only year I did was I went to AAD in New Orleans and I actually wasn't staying at the host hotel because they were sold out. And it rained so hard. I could not leave my hotel room one day. And it actually ended up being the best blessing because that's the only conference I've ever come back from and not had some kind of con cred. Oh, wow. Because I had a whole day of sleep or just laying in my bed reading. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did that one stayed at a different hotel other than the events. And I will say it was quieter because the lobby and the lobby bars or the restaurants inside the, the were significantly quieter, but it was a pain in the butt when it came down to sh- shoveling the books back and forth because, you know, we're constantly buying new books <laughs> or, or bringing the ones that we brought with us from home to get signed. So it's like back and forth yeah. lugging. I'm, I'm a total fan of staying at the con hotel. So you get the full experience. But I will say, if it's sold out, do not be afraid to stay at a hotel a little bit down the road because you just might get more sleep. Because <laughs> once you haul the books back for the night, oh God, yes, you're not hauling your butt back. <laughs> doesn't matter what event's going on. It very like it doesn't matter who's calling you. Right. Like there was at the, the book lovers convention in, in Dallas, Texas, where I was staying with Kelly um, from uh, books and kisses. And we were in like on the top, one of the top floors and we were hearing people calling names out from the bar in the lobby area. Oh, I know. I stayed at the hotel, even though I lived here, I stayed at the hotel and I was like, oh God. And I was pretty far up too. And I was like, it is so loud and it's like midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's nothing like really having that uproar happen and you're going, oh my God, what happened? Because mm-hmm. it, and then you get you you start sending the text out to your friends that you know are at the bar. <laughs> right. Or they're sending pics to you, like, where yes. are you? And it, I'm like, uh, I've already taken off the makeup. Already crawled into the bed. Yeah, but that's also when they tell you that the author of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey has arrived. And we're going, oh, she's here. Okay. (laughs) And I'm going, that's why the uproar occurred. Um, And then, of course, they're like, we don't care what you look like. Come back down in your PJs. I'm like, you know, there are people taking photos, right? No. (laughs) I'm not coming down in my PJs. For me, during that conference, Patricia Briggs showed up really early in the morning. So when we all did... The crazy, there was only eight of us right there. And she had a whole 45 minutes. She just spent talking to us. Yeah. And it was like, nobody was up yet. I'm like, see, here's why you go to bed early. Definitely tried. I, I, I advise that if you are hanging out with authors or if the authors are hanging out with readers and or they're inviting bloggers to hang out and stuff like that, you know, first thing uh, a day or two before the event actually starts or first thing like a breakfast is always a fun thing. Um, and it's and, always quieter. 
Yes. It's not so busy so you can actually hear each other. Yes. Yes. Because that's <laughs> that's important. <laughs> For so sure. this wasn't supposed to be a tips and tricks on how to navigate a con, <laughs> but there you go. Exactly. Well, we always do this. We go from the one topic to another. We've been doing this now for a bunch of years. And uh, yeah, and it doesn't, it's always fun because we have so many things that we could do tips and tricks to, uh, (laughs) to recommendations. Tips and tricks from Viviana and Felicia. (laughs) Go at your own risk. (laughs) That is true. Things to do and not do. (laughs) And then do the exact opposite. opposite. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't get it right. So how many years now at this point has it been that you've been blogging as a whole? Because I know that you want to. So I started in 2009. So we're talking 12 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's about 12 years. It'll be 13. Oh, gosh, that's weird. The funny thing is, is I'm about to hit the mic on my Geeky Bloggers book blog. And be like, is this on? Um, (laughs) Because I am going to start posting my rereads. And just because it's it's a thing of love. I reread a whole bunch. You know me. I do. Um, You know, I go down a Kristen Ashley rabbit hole. If I read one, I got to read like 12 others. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Same thing with like Sarah McLean or Eloise James. I read one and then I'm like, oh, I need to read this entire series. So I decided that I'm going to not reinvent Geeky Bloggers Book Blog because it's always been whatever I'm reading. But now it's just going to kind of be like, oh, love letters to the books. I reread a lot. And um, so I'm going to be doing that in the next few weeks after Sultry Listeners wraps up. I'm just going to be like... Is this on? Is this on? <laughs> well, it, it's good that you're doing that because what happens is that we get a lot of influx of new listeners and readers that have just discovered the romance genre because of a book, especially nowadays, that they found on TikTok or a to-be-made TV movie based on a book in romance. And right? so what exa- which is great. I love it. But I just, then it goes, well, and then they start with what else can you read? And you're going, honey, hmm, come here. <laughs> right. And I, I think that there are so many older books that don't get the attention, rightly so. They've had their time in the spotlight, whatever. But I think that newer readers to the genre would be super happy to find because it's it's not something that is going to come naturally in their searches. No, so yeah. I'm still throwing out there. Anybody got Winona Earp-ish type of urban fantasy or paranormal romance? I need it because I finished it this weekend. Okay, so let's talk about Winona Earp for a little bit because... <laughs> She posts on Twitter that she's starting to uh, to watch the Winona Earp. I'm going, you're just starting now. I thought you would have. Yeah, on I had earlier. never, ever watched it. And I did all four seasons between Friday night and I stayed up super late on Sunday to finish it. I know. And that's super what late I for see me. It. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I see it. Yeah, because you go to bed early sometimes. But I'm like, so I see you on Friday posting that you're starting and I'm going, okay, cool. I'll let her catch up at least on season one. Fast forward two days, done. And I'm going, girl, what the hell? 
I mean, she literally <laughs> caught up on the entire series. It's like four seasons. It's right. really good. It's it's some of the stuff is going. You've got to be fucking kidding me! But it's it's done perfectly. I, I loved it. She was funky. Yes, I loved that she had. And this is non-spoilery. I love that she didn't have an outright HEA. She was very an HFM, yeah. right? Happy for now person. And and I will admit, I did not like the last episode only because I felt it was rushed. But yes, I also understand that sometimes you don't get that you got canceled until you've got like two episodes to shoot. So I kind of figured that's probably what happened to them. They had like two more episodes to shoot. And then, you know, they got told that they weren't coming back for another year. So they kind of rushed those last two episodes to put everything they wanted in. And that's fine. I Shows don't often stick the landing. Very seldom do they stick the landing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but on a whole, the series was just, Super fun, super witty, super gory, which I actually loved. I mean, like it was unapologetically like in your face. This is what I got to do. And I just loved it. But yes, I devoured all four seasons. And I should mention this was a sci-fi series. So the series was only 12 to 13 episodes per season. So, Mm -hmm. But still. Yeah. Still, I'm not. Th- I'm still gonna say still because that's uh, you know it, it came out a few years ago with like season one and then and I think it took a hiatus because it was like on the Sci-Fi Channel and then oh, things yeah. changed. So the beginning of season four started with I'm not gonna say who, but Wynonna was talking to somebody and he said, "It's like I've been standing here for two years." <laughs> yeah, and and I just died laughing. No clue, so I went and googled it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I figured it was a hiatus joke." Like that's where they left season three, and then when season four started, yeah, but the whole COVID thing too. Plus, I guess some stations and right cells and things like that was going back and forth. But it's literally it's a fun show with the heroine that kicks ass and loves who she is and does not apologize for who she is and what she does. she filmed really pregnant during season two. Like she was literally pregnant. And so they wrote it in and I thought that was great. But I mean, you know, the amount of stuff she was doing, I was like, girl, I can't even do that. And I'm not nowhere near pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's amazing. It's a fun show, guys. If you have not watched it, and you want something to watch on Netflix, go ahead and pick it up. It's it's silly. It's funny. It is gory because it's it's a sci-fi channel, um, a sci-fi fantasy of things. And similar to what the title kind of alludes to, it's supposed to be a white herb descendants. And the sci-fi fantasy comes into play when there's vampires involved in demons and all that fun stuff. And it's a different take on the entire legend of white herb. So it's fun. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. fun. Yeah. Take it from somebody who binged four seasons from Friday night to Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She likes it. It's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a nice break from all the romance stuff that you've having to be dealing with lately with, uh, you know, the Sultry Listeners Awards that you've been doing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how that can take over one's life. The 
just a tad. So why don't you start us with um, telling us about the Sultry Listeners Awards and how that got started. So Sultry Listeners was actually started by Hot Listens. Um, Loopy contacted me and said, hey, I think, and this was back when very few people were actually blogging about audiobooks. Um, she contacted me and she said, hey, I got this crazy idea. And I said, okay, because <laughs> that's how I am with crazy ideas. I'm like, okay. And she's like, I want to run an audiobooks specific type of awards. And back then it was, it was called Sultry Listeners, but it really wasn't awards. It was more like Sultry Listeners, whatever. And um, she said, let's do it and just see. And that first year, I, I can remember it, we had six people participating. So the categories were spread out. We didn't have as many categories. It certainly didn't last as long as it does now. And there's not as many, there are so many more categories now, but we tried to hit the big ones, right? And um, and we basically that first year said, if you have an audiobook, period, that you wanna nominate, nominate them. We weren't sure people were gonna respond, right? It was so early, like people who listened to audiobooks absolutely were in. Everybody else was kind of on the fence, right? Yeah. Mystery and thriller were big in audiobooks. Fiction was big in audiobooks, but romance wasn't quite there because romance honestly required a higher bar. Unless you were from you know, and I'm probably going to say her name wrong, but um, the lady who does the outlander, she set the bar, right? She was the first person to deliver a romance novel that did not sound like somebody reading Mm -hmm. from a page and delivering it to you. So we just said, hey, if you love an audiobook and it's in any of these, and we just did the main categories, if it's in any of these categories, please nominate it. And we got such a huge response. I don't think any of us were expecting that at all. And she said, oh my God, we have to do this again next year. And I said, yes, we do, but we need to make some changes. (laughs) So it slowly evolved over the years. Like, you know, it started with time limits. Like, it has to be within the last year. Um, well, and I'll, I'll rephrase that. It has to be from the last time we did Sultry Listeners to this time, right? So there needed to be some parameters. Mm-hmm. There also needed to be a little bit more safeguards. Like even this year, I had a lot of people cross post like they would nominate in PNR and fantasy. And there's only a couple of categories I allow cross-posting in. One is LGBTQ, one is POC. And um, because these two categories are specific to a, to something that needs to be highlighted, 
But if something is in paranormal, it can't also be in fantasy. So we learned how to, over the years, as we whittled it down, and I took it over in its third year, we learned how to look at how many times it was. And I try not to make the genre thing. You asked me earlier about a particular book, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't collect, you know, like... um, emails or anything my thing is is if fans think the bulk like i will take the number of times something is nominated in paranormal romance versus fantasy and i'm going to use these two because these two are the biggest ones yeah the crossover gets confused and i will go with what the fans think so if it's nominated 20 times in one category and 19 in another. I will go with the one that has 20 and put the book over there and take it out of the other one. Because it doesn't matter how many times a book is nominated. What matters is that it shows up in the awards. So for me, that's, you know, we learned how to do that. And the only time we make an executive decision on it. And this year I pulled back and didn't do it, but there is one book in romantic suspense that I think should have been a historical romance, but that's not where people nominated it. Like almost everybody nominated it in romantic suspense. So I kept it there, but Sometimes when it's something that obvious, like I'm not going to know whether something's erotica or contemporary, not necessarily because that line is a little blurry, right? Yeah. Between the covers or the titles, you can't really. And if I haven't listened to it personally, exactly, I can't really be like, oh, no, that's not where that goes. Right. So and so I try not to make. I I really try to make this a fan event. Other words, if the fans think it's something, who am I to argue? But this year I I did almost pull that. And then I'm like, well, no, there were 12 people who say it's romantic suspense. So maybe it's historical romantic suspense. I hadn't listened to the book. So, you know, but it has evolved a lot over the years. And I will say to give credit where credit is due, a couple of the new categories this year, particularly male and female, which I always resisted putting in, came from you. Um, <laughs> for the reason that I learned why this year, it's always controversial. But I learned a lesson from this year that I'm going to, oh, wait, we'll get to that. Anyway, I did learn a couple of lessons this year with the non-traditional categories such as male, female narrator, Facebook groups, you know, narrator fan groups and um, bloggers and that's in general. And I say bloggers in general because that's what I call it old school. I'm going to need to think of a different social. I think next year I'm going to call it social media influencers um, to cover all of the social media um, yeah, the, the Facebook or Twitters and Instagrammers. Or the YouTube or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it encompasses everybody. Because these days you do not need a blog. In fact, I think 
you know, in a weird way, the old school way doesn't get as many views as say a TikTok or a YouTube or an Instagrammer or a Twitter, and they may all combine, but I think in a way I have to start looking at it as a social media influencer type of category. Yeah. Or a, a representative because influencers right. has some connotations. There is sometimes people are right, right. still on the fence of like, okay, well, what defines an influencer versus someone that's just on there all well, the time. Well, yeah. Kind of and so. so if people have ideas, please ping me mm-hmm. because next year I'm going to have to come up with a better name than book blogger, TikToker. Yeah, those graphics were so fit. fun to me. <laughs> that does not fit in a graphic when I'm trying to actually get the person's name in there. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with something new. Font size one. number five. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to read it really small yeah. and put on the glasses and get the magnifying glass out on top of that zoom five times <laughs> yeah well that's the thing though because you used it so it started off with one individual that brought you in and you guys combined it um and then you took over it three you know three years in and then you also invited a couple of us og bloggers mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i up until this year ran it with other people and i love running it with other people but I, I found that I got feedback. I won't call it complaints because I don't think any feedback is a complaint. It's a point of view looking at it saying, hey, this. I mean, when we look at part of what I learned this year about the female narrator and male narrator is that maybe I was not as clear as I should have been. Um you know, on how you nominate people. But part of the feedback I got over the years, and it wasn't specific to a year, was, hey, you know that person edits audiobooks. Or, hey, you know that person's a personal assistant to a narrator. And I'm going to say this, I don't think anybody I've ever brought in ever um, promoted their people, even if they were doing that work any more than they promoted anybody else. But I took that feedback seriously because, you know, it's it's something that you you have to look at all feedback you get and be like, okay, what can I do to make this as, you know, clear and no line? And I mean, I told you this privately and I was like, I just need to make sure that You know, so this year I took it all on myself and I said, I've, as we discussed at the beginning, I've got no toes in any other pie in this industry. And I also do not make nominations. I also do not vote. And on a whole, I don't look at results until things close. The only time I have is I tend to look during the finals about halfway through and be like, are, and I don't even look at who's in the lead. I just look, are the percentages between the first, second, third, fourth, close, right? And this year, so many things were like, you know, nobody was winning like by a mile. <laughs> everybody else was down at 13 and below. I mean, so it, it's been very close this year. And 
You know, I looked at the first round and I'm not going to mention any winners. Viviana doesn't even get this. Um, <laughs> I looked at the first round that closed last, what, Friday? Yeah, Friday. I, or Friday night. And I looked and I'm like, oh, there's some upsets in there. And I, mm-hmm. I live for that. I mean, because, you know, it's all about whether the narrators get the word out about their stuff, whether the, you know, and... So this year I had to take it on all by myself with helps from graphics by you. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, know. because I mean, last year you created the actual structure listeners website to host the results. Right. And I think that another feedback that I know that I was getting in the past. And I think that we talked about it too, was as much fun as it was to share and have it go across different audiences. It, because it actually worked real better having everything, everything in one, in one spot. spot. Yeah. If, if people can just go to the one spot to vote, they know at least that's the one website they can search through it. Because when we were doing it with multiple bloggers, we were like, who, who, who Oh, you have to go here for this, this you have and to that for that. For yeah. That. I mean, people couldn't keep track. And so the and idea like of one year, spot. I could, right. And this year I could create a link tree and put it in all of my social media and the link tree had all of the current links in it. So it's more than just one link. So you could go. But even if you just went to sultrylisteners.com, it's going to be in the top five posts. Yeah. So you're going to find what's going on. And so as awful as I hate to say this, it works better having one host. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. I think so. Yeah. And I, even for me, like this year, because of the new categories that I am included in as a potential nominee period and then also going into the finals but i also because i have several toes in the business um i did not nominate i did not vote i did not include anything all i'm doing is just sharing that this is going on but the great thing is is because you're not you Mm -hmm. absolutely could right i could but i don't yeah yeah and but i i want people to feel free to share and to share openly um, because that should be something you get some joy out of. Yeah. And um, so as long as I don't have toes in the business, I will be, I will get to that Um, anyway. (laughs) But um, I, I kind of feel this is the best way to run them from this point forward. And yes, it's a lot of work, but to be honest, this year was two years, right? It was not just one. So instead of taking five into the finals, like I normally would, I took 10. I had two contemporary groups because contemporary <laughs> got a God awful number of, um, Nominee. number of nominations. To be honest, the one book we talked about probably did better in the category it was in yes. because it wasn't so stacked, right? That is, that is true. <laughs> And contemporary has a huge difference. And this is also too something that I think that going forward, what we may need to clarify in general within the community is that we have the genres, but then we also have tropes. And I think right. some people were confusing with some of those tropes and where to put them. Yeah. And so, but it's also so weird because, you know, even if you were to pop up onto Twitter tonight and say, Hey, y'all, give me your definition of contemporary romance. Oh, God. Give me your definition <laughs> of erotica romance. And there is not going to be a clear answer. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, those two categories, I kind of feel the line between them is so very thin. But I also feel the connotation around erotica romance is no longer there that used to be. Like, I think authors and narrators used to kind of cringe a bit if it got stuck in erotica because erotica was very non-HEA. I mean, it just, you know, it was whatever. But nowadays, that's that's not true. There's a lot of things that are defined as contemporary romance that has a lot of heat, right? Like five chilies, four chilies. I don't know. This chili thing is new to me, but I think that's how everybody <laughs> does it. Um, the heat levels are all different depending on the person. Right. But there's you know? some, like I um, listened to a book this year that was supposed to be erotica fantasy. And I read it and went, I've read contemporary romance. That, that was went, hotter. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, well, that's also the mix of of the, the splitting of the genres too. People have been crossing over, which is where paranormal and and you know sci-fi or paranormal and fantasy yeah. cross over a lot is because of that jumping back and forth. And I think now right. when you're getting and into you, right, and if you ask me, paranormal romance is where you jump from couple to couple to couple in the same series. Like couple one is book one couple two is book two they may stay in the whole entire series but it's but like the focus is different it's a it's a couple of books right you're mm-hmm. getting the ACA for each couple um fantasy to me is fantasy urban fantasy is more like you can follow like cat and bones on their entire relationship which mm-hmm. sometimes works and doesn't whatever <laughs> um yeah charles and <laughs> Right. Charlie and Ray is aka during the right. Joneses series. For me, it's Anna and Charlie, or you know, it, it could be anybody. But that's kind of what I classify as fantasy. But now, again, this is another contemporary erotica conversation. It, you know, some will do fantasy that goes couple to couple to couple. I mean, we can talk about one of our shared favorite books, the Fantasyland series by Kristen Ashley. And I would, I would literally say that's fantasy, but it's written in a paranormal romance type of book to book to book to book. So it's one of those that could go in either one. Yeah. But through the years that the, the definition of the genres has changed because originally I think urban fantasy also, was specifically when a you- woman was the right. lead hero and she was the main focus that may have some fan- some romance elements to it, but not until like the very end of the series. Right. Also, did you see that she wrote Hawkville on her Instagram the other day? She wrote what? Hawkville. Hawk- We're going back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Those are also my favorite audio books by her, by the way. So... Yeah. Yeah, I love it when the authors go, you know what, I think I'm going to go back into that world. (laughs) Right. In a real way. This was different than the other series that spinned off. This looked like it was legit. Hmm. And I'm like, oh. Maybe we'll get the kids. 
Maybe he does that sometimes. Yes, you know? that is true. Um, so we'll anyway. see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So the sultry listeners are in full swing. We're in the finals right now. And we're by the time this airs, we're going to get into that lovely category of yours of favorite blogger. (laughs) (laughs) It is actually, you know, what's funny is these last three categories were very much my choice, right? Yeah. Tell us about how that came about. (laughs) Okay. So my thing is I love fans of romance. I do. I love anybody who celebrates romance. And you could argue, why did I put narrator fan groups in there? And it's the same reason anybody else puts author fan groups in there, right? It's the the narrator themselves, while they may pop in and do stuff, it is mostly fans talking about what they love about that narrator. And I have always loved narrators and they don't get to interact in the same way authors do right they're they're still while more and more are going to these cons and poor covid shut that down just as it was ramping up right no i know Uh. (laughs) right but still some of them you know and you can argue over pseudonyms all you want but i mean some of them they can't they can't They can't operate in this face-to-face kind of way, but they can through their social media. They can through their fan groups. And I think it's super important because the award is not about the narrator who the fan group is, right? It's not about York's Empire or Ava's Angels. It's about the fans that are in that group. And to me, these last three categories are fan categories, right? They are the exact reason that I do Sultry Listeners the way I do. That it is a fan-driven awards because often awards are judged and they're judged by, you know, technical ability. And to me, the and this might be controversial, but I honestly believe when fans love something enough, that is the biggest technical, you did it right, that can happen. I mean, a bunch of industry people can get together and judge something on technical ability and nobody ever listened to it. Oh, absolutely. But fans, they find stuff they love and they 110% in. And I believe, let's just call it the social media. I don't know what to call it now. Um, (laughs) I believe those people are super important in connecting the fans to the industry. Like they're the bridge and they're very important bridge. And I say this as a person who has been part of that bridge before, Um, you know, it's, but they don't get celebrated enough. Often they're the people who are often criticized for loving romance or, you know what, they didn't like something. So let me dog them for it. So to me, these last categories are my absolute favorite and why they are all alone and they will be in the future. They will not share 
a week with narrators or whatever, because they are super important all on their own and deserve their own spotlight. And that is my hill and I will die on it. No, Well, the thing is too, though, that it's it, the, the industry and the world that we're living in has changed so much since you and I both started, like you and I are one of the OGs when it comes down to the right. bloggers and especially when it comes down to audiobooks. You know, we've been around the block several times and we're still here. And yeah. and so that's the other thing, too, that sometimes gets a little overlooked is those individuals that have been around for so many years, why they're still here and how they're still surviving in a world. And of, it's because you know, of TikTok. our love. Yeah, right. it's our love of audiobooks. And I love the new voices. But I often feel like audiobook promoters often get shoved to the side. It's a weird category to be in, sure. But the people who are there love it. Like we wouldn't pick anywhere else to be. So I say this often about sultry listeners, but it's really my love letter to the audiobook romance community, period. And this year, I felt like the categories really reflected it. And it was the only year I could do these categories because I was the only person running it. Yeah. You know, no conflict of interest. (laughs) Right. There was no conflict of interest because if I got nominated, I was taking myself out and it was going forward. And that to me... I mean, I've said it a thousand times, as much as I love all of the other stuff, this last set of categories are my absolute favorite. And I don't care who wins. Everybody's a winner in my book. Yeah, I think someone said something to me. I think it was uh, Demetrius, who's one of the favorite bloggers, influencers and book person. We got to figure out a name for that category. Yeah. She's like, and congratulations. And I'm like, no, I, I love, you know, it's, it's awesome just to be included, but also the fact that I, you know, and, and oh, that's why she's like, oh, best of luck. And I go, you know what? I think we're all winners. Honestly, no, everybody, yeah. is. everybody is. And I mean, like, honestly, I would have not found Miss Roney had she not been nominated. I had never heard of her before. And she's evidently a big voice, but you know, yeah, well, it, she is a. I love her, and she is relatively new as far as you know this year. And right, what I love about her, fantastic. yes, and and her honesty and, and her reactions to things Actually, is like. Oh. I love her character talks. Yeah, her her character talk series where she's like. I need to stop this book right now and have a conversation with the character. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, how many of us have thought that when mm-hmm. reading or listening to a book? Like, we want to stop right now and have a conversation with Yeah, you. like, come here, honey. Let's, let's have this conversation. Because, like, why? Or, hello. Right. <laughs> and I love that series that she does. And she always prefaces it by saying, I know it's not going to make a difference, but I'll feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's included. I mean, Jess, um, the how she she has his eye for photography in her Instagrams, that right. and and how she, and when she does the the videos and the and the reels and she's talking about it, you can tell that she really loves the and book. They put and a the, lot of work into it. Oh yeah, like, I know. I try to do TikToks, and I I have spent like at the beginning of Sultry Listeners, I had this best idea that I was gonna. And then I realized after spending eight hours 
trying to get one TikTok together. Yep. That that was not going to happen. <laughs> the Tiki Talk is um, rather well, interesting. But even for like Instagram. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, everybody's like so impressed that I put audio to video. And I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing. If it required any more than that, I'm out. Like people put these <laughs> perfect, like, you know, let me put the book on this and it's a perfect setting. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. Oh yeah. It's a lot. Like I said, Jesse's photos. I don't need work work. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, most of us are all, you know, we all have day jobs or we, you know, or we work in the industry. And in some cases, in most cases it's both. Um, and then we have to find time to to read the or listen to the book in order to do that review that we said we would do because we got, you know, the book or whatever, or also just because we love the stories and we're going to review it. And then you want me to make a pretty freaking picture to put on Instagram? I'm yeah, tired. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. no. The, the author already did the work for me by making the pretty cover. <laughs> yeah. So it's so funny. Somebody um, sent me a DM and they said, oh, my God, almost all of your TikToks are without makeup. And I said, honey, 97% of my TikToks are without makeup. Mm-hmm. If the only time I make a TikTok is at the end of the night, like right before I'm going to go to bed because I have so many other things to do. And I go, honestly, you're lucky if no makeup is all that is happening. Like <laughs> if my hair is not already up in my bun and my head cap, you're lucky. But I do love that you have done the Like, my thing is, I don't like being in front of the camera. It's a thing that I'm working on. And I have a friend that is being very awesome. And he's like, you know, you're gorgeous. You're pretty. And then you shut up. Um. <laughs> it's hard. It's you hard. Know, um, I gained, I gained, well, I'll just be honest. I gained 40 pounds between um, 2020 and now. And I've taken off 10, but I honestly, because I had kept the weight off for years, yeah, started to shrink into myself. And I felt like TikTok actually kind of saved me in a weird way because it was, you know, just putting myself out there as I am now, as I slowly try to get back to where I was. But I think for all of us, you know, this, this staying in whatever um, there were mental impacts that came with that, that maybe, you know, we haven't quite, and we're not in a place where we can wade through. So for me, putting myself on camera, I cringe every time I do it, but I did learn that once I did it, I actually felt better because I realized, you know what? Nobody really even cares about that extra weight I put on, right? I think it's one of those things where all of this isolation has actually been bad for us because, you know, back when we used to go to cons, none of us looked at anybody differently, no matter what weight we were, you know, if we were talking on a panel, whatever. And, but when you have time to get in your own head, 
it sometimes cannot be a good thing. Or when it's the only way to connect with people is through the camera. And not right. versus like you're having a good hair day. So you go out with your friends and stuff. Then they see you differently in different spaces. But when all you're doing is showing the camera. So I love the fact that you've been on the TikTok, but you're also doing the your um, your walking series. Right. You're, go- you're doing all these walks all over the place. <laughs> and they're not crazy walks. I mean, like they're sometimes only a mile and it's only a mile at 2.5. But it's kind of proof that you can just get up and do it. Right. Just get up, spend 20, 25 minutes and do it. Yeah. Even though I do love some of the walking series that I've done where I've gotten to go to crazy countries that I would otherwise not because there is no way I'm hiking through Africa. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there are bugs. Yeah. Like bugs. Bugs. No. <laughs> no. As a Florida girl, I can attest to that. that no, I'm not doing the. Yeah. The, there's the, enough the, bugs in Texas that I'm just fine not visiting somewhere swampier and with bigger bugs (laughs) yeah so thank you though for um taking that for us as far as you know sharing that part of yourself with us on on tiktok and the sultry listener stuff too because it's a lot of work people i mean i think sometimes individuals can be a bit hypercritical about some of the stuff that the reviewers do or the bloggers and the instagrammers and stuff like that and, and things but they don't realize how much time some of this stuff takes and also the, the the money that it costs, too, because if you're not right. working, you're doing something, you know, so. So, right. I'll be so we can get into the nitty gritty of this. So um, just in case somebody is thinking about doing this kind of thing in the future, you have to get a website, which mm-hmm. costs money um, during the months. And it is months, not just a month um, that I do. Hey, guys. Those are her doggies. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my dogs who are like, you've spent too much time at the desk. Um, Mm. So um, you, for me, the two biggest tools I use during this time are um, buffer, which, you know, costs money monthly if you're going to do and pick monkey, which costs money monthly. If you're going to do these were my two biggest expenses um, and crowd signal, sorry, there were three crowd signal, which if you want an unlimited number of, which I did, I wanted people to be able to vote. Um, so I pay for all of that. Right. And then we'll get into what Viviana already knows is that I work a job that is 50 to 60 hours a week. And all of my, all of my sultry listeners work which a lot of it I cannot do in advance because I cannot do until the nominations come in until that's voted on. And then, you know, I start on the finals as it comes in. So a lot of the times what you see come through buffer the next day was actually posted the night before. So I don't get a lot of sleep for two months. And then, (laughs) you know, and, and that also costs time. And I, And I say this, the reason those last three categories are so important to me is because I don't think people realize how much time it costs to be a fan in the romance industry. And this is any fan, right? Yeah. Like we spend our time talking about it. We spend our time reading. We spend our time. And this is time we do outside of our 
whatever is paying us, whether yep. it's something in the industry or not. Exactly. You you are spending your free time, whatever that is, promoting and loving something that deserves it absolutely, but it 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 comes at a cost. And that cost is not bad. I mean, I shared on TikTok that thing that came across my Kindle, which I thought was great, where it said your stress levels drop when you read and slash listen to a book, (laughs) you know, even 16 minutes a night, right? Right. So so there are there are payoffs. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. But Mm -hmm. It's super important to remember that none of this is free. Even if somebody paid, somebody paid for like, you know, I know bloggers and podcasters and whatever get a lot of pushback saying, oh, your ads pay for this. They pay for very little of what actually goes into doing something like this. I mean, it may offset a cost and that's the way I like to put it. It may offset a cost, but it does not pay for. Most bloggers in the book industry cannot make a living, an actual living wage, doing this. So we offset it in whatever way we can. Yeah. That's also why a lot of the original bloggers, when they started years ago, stopped is because the expense of keeping a website going and then adding adding things to it to make it look pretty because authors were also like, well, if it's not a nice website, I'm not doing an interview and so on and so forth. And that's the other thing, too, because I know that recently the conversations of like, um, oh, my God, associated links came up, which, you know, like. um, Right. Like. Like at one point, and I don't know if it's back up now, the beauty of taking a year off is I don't know the drama that's going on now, (laughs) which I do not miss, by the way. Um, But a couple of years ago, there became this big drama about we want the associate links to be the author's associate links, not the bloggers. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, no. And I and I always said no, and I don't do associate links for myself, but I certainly was not letting somebody earn money off a free post that I did. And that's nothing against authors or narrators. I get it. You want to make your money. But they still are because if you're promoting their book for free. Right. They're not. You don't they're not do it off the back of people who are doing your promotion. And it was the big reason why way back early, and this was before it was popular, I quit doing blog tours. It's because they would send you this pre-done post and they were like, you need to use the affiliate links for either the person hosting the blog tour or the author themselves. And I thought, You know, that's sketchy. The truth is, if you get a post on anybody's website, TikTok, whatever, I will figure out a word for this. Um, (laughs) You you are getting promotion. Yeah. And that right there should be good enough. What they get off that promotion, whether it is um, hits to the site where maybe they have ads on their stuff, which... 
by the way, y'all, y'all get y'all because you should. I was always too lazy. So I didn't do that kind of stuff. But I mean, at no point is any social media, whatever you want to call it, going to make an actual living wage off of doing this. Yeah, no, not unless you're one of those really big influencers and are in bikinis most of the time. But anyways, yeah, yeah it's I not mean, happening. No, nobody in our industry no, yeah. is going yeah. to. No, no. I mean, there was a, like I said, you, you would probably give me one of those reasons to get a year off if I could is the lack of that drama, like hard conversations to have. Is, it, was, it, it, it was bad. really nice. It, yeah, was it was really nice. I mean, <laughs> you me, know, because when I took my year off, I made my circle super small. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you were part of that. So you knew mm-hmm. I didn't want to hear about any book drama. I yeah. mean, if people were having drama, good on them, but it was not my thing. Yeah. And the, the um, affiliated links is something that I mean, again, from a blogger perspective, as the as the original platform that started promoting romance and audiobooks specifically, you know, it's definitely something that it's a lot of misunderstanding that goes along. And I've, I always said, you know, educate yourself before you, you speak yeah. um, and but learn. Quite frankly, the percentage off of that. Oh, no, I'm completely transparent. And if anybody asks me, I will say it in three months of using affiliate links, $15, 12 in three months. And I'm talking about, I'm posting it on my website. I'm posting it on, on all the platforms that I'm on and it's shared and reshared and retweeted and and in groups and stuff like that. $12 in three months. It's it's not anything. Ask me what I bought with those $12 though. Hopefully coasters or a book. More books this in the genre. So it's like I am reinvesting in the romance. <laughs> right? So I mean, yeah. I mean, even at the height, because I don't think affiliate links do as much now as they used to. But even at the height, I mean, like I was talking to one of the big bloggers back in the day. Affiliate links only brought in $45 a month. Oh, yeah, That's no. not even enough to pay for your website and all uh-huh. the tools to run it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a controversial conversation or and some people don't like to talk about it because it uh, it's associated with money. But I think that's just one of those things that people need to be important. transparent. It's important to have. Yeah. And that's because anytime that you run something like sultry listeners, people are always going to assume that you're getting a kickback by something or by someone, <laughs> you know, and I'm if going wants to kick back something to me, please do. Well, but yeah, no. but no, it's a lot of sleepless nights or very short nights of sleep. Right. And, and, and yes, I don't do ads. There's no money coming in. Yeah. But um, even if you did ads, it doesn't guarantee that money's still coming in. Cause like I don't right. do ads, but sponsorship will be something that I'm looking into for but the I, podcast, but it's not going to make me or anything. It's right. just going to be. But here's my thing. And I will say this to every social media and I still don't know what we're calling them. <laughs> if you can put ads in, or if you can use affiliated links and you're willing to do the work for them, because here's the other thing, people misconception about that. It is work. Mm-hmm. to actually do that. It's not like you put a plug in and, and it's going to take care of everything. Um, do it. Um, I don't because I have a good paying job and it's great. And it allows me to have my hobby, which is soldiery listeners. 
But if you're doing this as a labor of love, but maybe it's not in your budget, you need to start offsetting those costs, right? And and there is no shame in that. No matter what anybody throws at you or says about it, there is no shame in offsetting your costs. Because honestly, you're never going to make a wage off of it, but you can offset those costs so that you can continue doing your hobby. Yep. And, and raving about the authors that you love and the narrators that you adore that do such a, a good yeah. job. And just to clear up another misconception, using affiliate links does not take money out of the cuts no. of what the author is making in and fact, it's giving fact, them more. The rules around affiliate links are technically authors cannot use them because they cannot double down on their. Yeah, they're double dipping. Right. Yeah. So, and that's another completely episode that we can get into over drinks because that's right, we can, drinks. We can because <laughs> one person here did a um, book expo used to be a thing. Yeah. No longer. I did a whole conversation on FTC and um, it's, it's a big thing. So, you know, it's, it's one thing. Um, it's, it's important. If you're going to be in the industry, you need to understand where the lines go, but we can get into that at another time, but it's important for new people to understand they absolutely can push back. Oh yeah. And the same thing. I think that a lot of the times when the conversation gets started again, it isn't by the old timers or the ones that have been around a lot. It has been those individuals, those quote unquote fans that have been around for like a year or less. And they're so new that they don't know how things still work and they haven't stopped to do the research. And, and so maybe that's, it's the responsibility of us old timers to chime in. Yeah. And that's, in book drama, but I think we might have to. Yeah. And I, I've tried to stay out of some of the conversations and I tried to, but then also people are like, well, I don't know, like, shush, no, go away, newbie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, love, yeah. I love all my people. I really do. I love the book community, but sometimes people need to just step back. Do some yeah. research that is actually qualified research, not something that you just find off the first link of an ad, but do the research before you start talking. Yeah, I think I think it's, you know, it's important for us OGs to be like a source of information, but we absolutely cannot be the ongoing. Oh, let me tell you how it is. Yeah, because at some point they're going to look at us and go, hey, grandma, shut up. <laughs> Aren't you so old to be listening to some of this hot stuff? Like, isn't it embarrassing? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I will definitely be bringing you back on and we can have more of a guided conversation on some of these things that are that are important for, you know, individuals that are that are the influencers, whatever we're going to call them, to know about, as well as the authors that are coming in that are also new, that don't may not authors know about some of these. Narrators. And narrators, too. it's important for the entire industry yes. to be up to date on it. Yeah, so we'll definitely be doing that. Um, so I want to circle back with the sultry listeners because this will be airing October 1st and the finals that are going on are doing that category sections that you love. But then the winners of all the freaking lovely categories will be announced on October 6th. Sometime probably in the evening because you work. <laughs> actually, it, it will actually go live probably... Well, and I say this, WordPress has not been real great with um, scheduling in advance. Time scheduling. Yeah, so they never it are. will go probably live October 5th, right before I go to bed. 
Okay. Whatever time that happens to be. Got it. <laughs> so we'll keep our eyes out and we'll be sharing. Anytime like- between 9 p.m. and midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll be posting and sharing all those links until um, the you know voting right. closes. Are you willing to make the big announcement? Yeah. So why don't you tell us, Miss Thing, about so, what's going on uh, with this sultry listener stuff? So I said this was going to be the last year just because after taking a year off, I was not sure what the response was going to be or if even these were needed anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to say the response has been record breaking this year is an understatement. So these are still clearly needed. So it will be back next year and probably the year after um, I re-up the site for um, three more years. So um, at the very least three years, <laughs> at the very least three years. But until I find that there is a suitable replacement and or actual Audis, Sovas, whoever you want to go with comes up with a real romance category, True. not just everything thrown in to one. Um, these will be around because mm-hmm. I think it's important to spotlight the industry I love. Plus I kind of feel like I'm obligated since I broke the Audis where bloggers yeah. or whatever you want to you call were, it. So you were the official last, last I winner. Was. Back in 2017, I was like, next year I'm going to submit. Ah, damn it, they're not doing it again. (laughs) Right. And um, so, yeah, I won in 2017. And for whatever, and I was only the third winner. Yeah, they didn't do it for that long. No, it was only three years. Mm -hmm. The first two winners were general fiction. Um, The fact that I won the third year was kind of controversial because came down to me and another general fiction person. And uh, I found out the ins and outs on that. But, you know, I, I kind of think they, you know, I can't say why they didn't do it again. They also cut other categories the next year. So I think they were trying to streamline the entire thing. But I felt like that was sad to me because I felt like that was a much needed category to me where the industry actually recognizes us, not just someone like me who runs a, runs an award thing unofficially, but it would be nice if there was still industry recognition of our group of people, not just us, but general fiction, mystery, thriller. Oh yeah. I mean, there's so many business. Yep. Whatever. But promoters. And so I was super sad about that. AKA why these last three categories are my favorite. (laughs) And we do love and appreciate the fact that you've included the, the lovers of audiobooks that are loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, y'all deserve it. I mean, honestly, the audiobook industry would not be where it was without the fans or the promoters or the, you know, 
the even the random person who goes on Amazon or Audible who's never posted a review in their life and posts, oh my God, I really love this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it just would not be what it is today, a billion dollar industry. Oh yeah. Without that. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I know that many of us are appreciates of the, all the work that you've done for sultry listeners and are thrilled that we get it back next year. We get it back next year. Yeah. But do, if you guys, uh, as listeners, um, as this process continues, if you have any suggestions, ideas, or feedback for Felicia on. Please email me. Yeah. Please email me. And it's going to sound weird because it's not a sultry listeners email, but I think most of y'all know that it's like Felicia at geekybloggersbookblog.com. Um, but you can find me. You can DM me. You can <laughs> at me. I'm mm-hmm. pretty much on every social media platform other than Snapchat. I'm not on that. Um, <laughs> I use it for the filters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I downloaded it once and I'm like, yeah, yeah no. no um so there might be a the geeky blogger out there but she's no longer doing anything yeah. um but yeah just send me in your ideas some of the improvements that i'm already going to make for next year is i'm going to have separate forms okay i'm going to have one for an audiobook um nomination one for a narrator nomination and you know one for this third category that I love, which is social media nomination. I already learned I needed to separate those out because I think a lot of people took things for granted this year that if you nominated an audiobook, it automatically nominated the narrators. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily true. In fact, that wasn't, it said down in the bottom, pick your category. It was the reason that I took an extra week because I went out of my way to make sure that I tried to include everything I could. If somebody put something in that line, I included it. Um, so next year I learned I need to separate out those forms. Yes, it's a pain in the neck, but it also will make things run smoother. Um, my next thing is that next year we will go back to doing five in the finals versus 10 because I think the thing with 10 I've learned this year is that sometimes an author or a narrator will have multiple books in the top 10 and people are dividing their votes, right? I can't say for sure, right? There is no way for me to know, but I think it probably weights the category in the, um, what do I put it? In the idea of somebody who only has one book in that category, right? Because all of their focus is in that one. There. And so um, next year we will be back down to five. And finally, I think next year I'm going to do it in reverse order. In other words, I will start with the fan categories and end with the male female narrators being the last one just because i'm scared that it's going to fall off at the end and that is absolutely the exact opposite of what i want so i i think next year i'm going to reverse the categories or put it right dab in the middle one or the other Mm -hmm. and for the listeners 
that are loving the awards and, and wanting to have the recognitions for their favorite narrators and, and authors, we also need to do our parts. And when we submit, if we want someone included, submit their names, you know, right. um, and also um, don't ever assume that someone else is going to take care of it um, as far as submitting goes, but also include the links. Like there's a reason why Felicia asked for the links to the book is because as we've all seen, there are one title for 15 different books right. and, <laughs> and also, sometimes the narrators might be similar. Right. So, and let me be very clear. There were 1700 lines in that Excel spreadsheet. If you don't include a link to the book or to the book you're nominated and I'm mostly going for the narrator, but I need to make sure that the book you're nominating for them came out in a specific time. That is what that is for. You know, I can't, I don't have the time to go look up each individual. 1700 categories would take me a year, 1700 lines. So when I ask for a link, it's, it's important for you to get who you're nominating in. And I realized this year that a lot of people took it for granted that certain people or even certain books, because I also got asked about specific books. Why are they not in there? And I'm like, because they weren't in there. And they're like, well, I didn't know about the nominations. I opened nominations for three weeks. If during that time, you can't find your way to the nominations. I can't add it ad hoc at the end. It's not fair to the people who nominated during the time. And it's the same way that we all feel when we watch the Emmys or the Oscars or MTV movie awards or music awards, fill in the blank award ceremony. Tony's. Tony's, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Even, even the Sova's or anything like that. A lot of these categories, you know, a lot of these awards are, uh, are, you have to pay to part to get nominated or participate or to provide some funds to be included. And in this case, this is literally all free, free and it's n- listener driven and, you know, fan driven. So, right. Just- so everybody who wins the upsets included mm-hmm. or because their fans turned out. Yep. Which is why yeah. I say we're all winners at the end of the day when it comes yeah. to it, because we were not, we were included. And that's from the author's yeah, perspective. It's also, it's also the reason that I am going to do a winner, but I'm going to include two runners up this year because I think it's important to realize that if you made it to the finals, no person got into the finals without a massive number of votes. I mean, because I had record number of votes during the semifinals, but I also had record number of nominations. And so everybody who made it into the finals is an absolute winner. It's not like anybody made it into the finals with one nomination or one vote. So it's important. Yeah. So let's from a list from a fan and listener perspective, let's make sure that we do our parts and we, you know, abide by the the rules as far as the timeline and the parameters of those books being nominated. Because trust once me, a day. also don't just vote once. Yeah, it's once a day, you know. Yeah. And so let's take it, take advantage of that. Um, and um, and so start thinking about it for next year. Like as you're as you're listening. Make a note in a book or on your calendars or on your devices that you want this book because it was so awesome 
that's, right. you know, so around the same year, time. Right. Mm-hmm. Next year will be August 1st this year to July 30 days to September, April, June, and November, July 31st. Um, don't laugh. That's the only way I know to do the months. Don't worry. Um, I mean, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be August 1st this year through July 31st next year. So maybe start jotting down. Mm-hmm. What you want to nominate next year when I open nominations on August 1st. Yep. And make sure that you're following the, your favorite authors and your favorite narrators and that the authors and the narrators are also sharing because not only sharing is caring, but this is also how you get promotion. Yes. <laughs> how, how you get the word out is by sharing. Um, yes. Because I tried to look up. Can, can I just point out another thing? Narrators, I know your websites are not your most important point. They should Um, be. They should be. (laughs) I also realize it's not your most important point. But for somebody like me, who went out looking for people's Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and whatever else I was looking for, there were a lot of times I did not include somebody's tag because I couldn't tell from both their posts and also um, the name, whether or not for sure it was them. And so I, I learned from previous years, it's better not to tag somebody than to tag the wrong person. So update your websites, please. If you don't have one, get one. Yes. <laughs> That's another conversation. Or have a link tree off of your social media. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. Link tree is free, by the it way. It is. It is. It's not the cutest of sometimes, but it is free and it's good and it works but, out. Yes. It but works it out. Get, it would get your social media correct. Yep. And people will find you. Right. Yes. Sorry, that was my biggest complaint this year. Oh no, it's, it's trust me. I think it's 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 the same you know situation when it comes down to when we find a book that we love and we're trying to tell people who you guys are as authors and or narrators, and there is no social media presence, or you guys are on social media but got very creative with your usernames, and we cannot figure out who, what, when, where, what. Right, or you know, your social media is you. But there's no mention of your work anywhere. That's fine if that's what you want to use social media for. But you still don't mind people tagging you saying, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm glad you love my books. It's like I, I need to be able to tell because, um, you know, it's, it's just one thing. I get it. Not everybody wants websites. Not everybody wants social media. And that is also fine. Um, but if you are going to use one, just say you picked Instagram and that's your thing, you know, maybe put in your profile, this is my only social media presence. Or if you have more than one, get something free like Linktree and be like, here's the rest of my links. Even if you're going to your Spotify page or your sound, what's that thing? SoundCloud, or even here's the thing. Link to your Audible with all of your books you've narrated. You can put that all in Linktree. Yeah. And Linktree has not sponsored this episode of whatsoever. <laughs> no, it hasn't. But I will say it has been the easiest 
to share multiple links. So I don't care that I'm giving them a plug. Oh, no, me neither. Because it's, it's true. It's a really good tool and it can be utilized where it's just the one link that you have to remember and everything is connected. So again, it's definitely, yeah. um, I, I'm about working smarter, not harder. So yeah, link tree, yeah. do it. Yeah. And oh. I know it just sounded like a commercial for Link Tree, didn't we? <laughs> well, we always end up sending a commercial for something, whether it's an, uh, a PSA, an FYI, <laughs> an interesting so tool we're that just we trying found. to save y'all money down the road. Yeah. Because this is supposed to be, if you're going to run something like Sultry Listeners, here's what you need. Or a and business. I mean, think about it. You have your business or your main landing page. And then how we find you on social media, everything's connected and the link trace yeah. is a good way to do it. And it keeps you from having to update it. I mean, like for what I'm doing, I do update it each round. Mm-hmm. But honestly, no, oh, I haven't updated no my months. Yeah, there's no limit on how many times you update it. And if you have a standing group of links, it's perfect for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely going to be having you back on how to use that concepts and uh, more important conversations on how people can find you and it's easy to do it this way, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, but thank you for spending all this time with me and hanging out and telling us about the Sultry Listeners Awards and raving about the community that we both love and are part of because it's always yeah, fun catching and up right with you. here is the only way people are going to know what's going on until next year until I post the finals. Yeah. Ooh, exclusive. <laughs> so for like five to six days, it's going to be exclusive. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and you know that you're always welcome. And I'm definitely having you back to have that conversation regarding, you know, affiliate stuff and like everything else that us old timers can yeah. help out the new groups. Well, and I think it's important, you know, is, for us to is. have conversations for the new people because I remember when I was new and back when we started, there weren't we were kind of blazing a trail. Yeah. And, um, but now, like you said, work smarter, not harder. And I think there's lots of things that we can learn from the group that has come up, but also lots of things that we can share with them. Yeah, absolutely. So they don't make the mistakes we did. Oh yeah. And then getting there a lot quicker and again, using the small, not smarter. spending an, absolute worst amount of money thinking you had to sign up for something for a year that you were only going to use two months Mm -hmm. yeah trust us there's a lot of things uh, (laughs) (laughs) that we've learned along the way i could have a new car oh my god yeah that's for sure could have a couple houses um (laughs) vacation homes baby vacation homes (laughs) right like we could each have a house in Texas and Florida and just visit each other. Absolutely. Half yeah. a year, yep. like one place and half a year, the other. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or just not do the houses and just travel. Right. <laughs> Go visit our favorite authors and, you know, say, Hey, what's up? <laughs> so, yeah. So I look forward to those conversations, but thank you for spotlighting sultry listeners. I truly appreciate it. And I'm sorry, you're about to get <laughs> my reminder to get my dog's meds. Yes. No, it's okay. No, you're using the technology that has been given to us in the accurate way. I just use it to place music. <laughs> yeah. no, I have to. It'll also remind me in 30 minutes to take my own meds. Oh, this, nice. is, this is how senile I've gotten. Yeah, um, no, I see it more as how busy you are. But uh, we will be including all the links to your social media. 
and um, including your link tree. <laughs> yeah. My link tree. Which, yeah. by the way, the funny thing is, is once this is over, it will switch to my normal. Here's View. how you find me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very versatile, but we'll include all the fun links and um, to what's going on currently as far as, uh, you know, the sultry listeners as it's still ongoing when this will air and uh, where to find you. And again, thank you for being here. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you wholeheartedly to all of our audiobook love and podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Chrissy Font, Karen Hoffman, Leanne Schwartz, Lynn Black Patterson, Michelle DaCosta, Bethany Crane, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darsh, Carrie Wallace, Christy Reitz, Michelle Bestard, Valerie Wall, and Nancy Billows. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin. Benefits include early access, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.